Hey, what up, Long Beach? We are hip deep in the CIF playoffs this week, and all of a sudden, there's a light at the end of the tunnel of all these sports, and it's the light of summer. But first and foremost, we got to whip it around the horn and give you everything from our local schools, their sports teams, and our community at large. As always, this weekly podcast that is part of our partnership with Long Beach Post is brought to you by the562.org. I'm JJ Fiddler. I'm Mike Cardabasio, and we've also been doing a ton of education coverage for the Long Beach Post, including some coverage coming up. We did a preview and we'll have a big recap story out early next week about the budget process for the Long Beach Unified School District and a ton, ton, ton of community input that came in this week. And I'm Tyler Hendrickson here to remind you that the 562.org is a community funded nonprofit local news outlet. We rely on the support of our readers and the community at large to stay in business and continue to cover all the great athletes and teams in the LBC as well as a bunch of other news as Mike mentioned with our education reporting and business reporting that we brought you during the pandemic. So be sure to head to the562.org, click on that support tab and find a way that you can chip in and help out the 562 to make sure we are here for years and decades to come. If you go to the website right now, you can see it is survive and advance time. Everybody trying to extend their season for at least one more game every time they take the floor or the court or the field. And we got to do our favorite thing we've seen recently at the top because we have been seeing so many different kinds of sports and so many amazing things from these local athletes. I got to start at the top with St. Anthony softball, man. Rose Cano, the pitcher, she's a junior. She struck out 18 batters in their wild card victory. In seven innings, she struck out 18 batters, struck out the side in four different innings and she struck out the last nine batters she faced the last nine. She just put them down in order. Think, 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 think unbelievable stuff from Rose Cano. It's spelled C A N O, but I think they're going to have to change it to K A N O at this point. (laughs) Hey, Rose Cano. Don't you know (laughs) she represents that is a, that is just an awesome uh, sports name and I'm glad that she's good. And uh, obviously it worked out for the Saints as they continue on in the, in the softball bracket. So, um, man, can we give a quick – I know I'm sort of breaking up the rhythm here, but can we give a quick shout-out to Tiara Jennings, speaking of St. Anthony softball? Absolutely. Would have been awesome to cover her uh, and <laughs> do a likely CIF championship run for the Saints last year. But likely. Come on. I got to give respect to the other schools, Mike. Hey, no, did you, you not learn? Did you not, learn nothing not about learn. never guaranteeing anything? <laughs> Literally, a pandemic shut the world down, and you're like, <laughs> no, 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 nothing unpredictable could have possibly happened. All of the <laughs> world health experts said we were due for a global pandemic. There's no softball expert saying that St. Anthony team wouldn't have mercy ruled every team in the Division Four bracket. <laughs> yeah, but Shohei Otani missed a start because of traffic. You're telling me Southern California couldn't have reared its ugly head. I'm just saying, trust the science. Trust the science. <laughs> well, uh, and I do. Anyway, yeah. National freshman of the year in NCAA softball. Tiara Jennings. At Oklahoma. Total superstar. Goaded. Can't wait to see what she does in her career. The best thing I saw this week, other than that for Tiara, from Old Field. That was a really cool experience, getting to cover Milliken at Mary Star of the Sea. Uh, it's not on the Mary Star campus, but it's overlooking the ocean if you – haven't seen this field. You know, I posted a photo on social media and then it's in the, the coverage, the highlight video from the Milliken uh, Mary Star game uh, from Thursday. This field is just right on the coast. You can see the ocean from the field. And really, it's like 
some of the discussions for people that had never been there before is how much is this land worth? How much could, you know, the, the city have just sold out and said, don't you know, ask that question. Let's put a, you know, let's put a <laughs> resort here. You know, let's put a sushi uh, restaurant. Little, right little Teradea oh. Jr. Yeah. A public baseball field. It's small. It's not particularly like fancy or well-kept. The, you know, the foul pole is just an extra extended pole. And so it's very old school and very sandlot. It just so happens to be on a cliff overlooking the ocean. And you just don't see stuff like that in the middle of the country. And so for all that we have to pay for rent and gas and everything else, I appreciated having a moment like that. And it's nice when the Long Beach team wins. That that makes your job a little easier. And people uh, are happier to see you when their team's winning. They, uh, they don't build more coastline. You know what I mean? That is a finite resource. <laughs> no. And I also, I felt like I had to text Bull Diamond at Blairfield after the game. You know, I was, it almost felt like I was cheating a little bit. You know, I still love um, you, babe. I still love you, babe. It was a work trip. I promise. So, so it's a, a slight behind the scenes 562 thing before I jump into my best thing that I've seen. Tyler, we hired Tyler a year ago, right before the pandemic happened. He's worked with us forever. If you've been following our coverage, you've heard Tyler on videos for, I don't know, 10 plus years or whatever, but he came on full time, literally, what, like two weeks before the pandemic started or something. And yeah, then- <laughs> maybe less, like like 10 days or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, our idea was Tyler is coming on. He's our development director. He's going to help, you know, kind of grow the fundraising side of the website. Um, but so then there's no sports to cover at all for a year. And then sports start back up. And suddenly there's too many sports for any of us to cover. And so suddenly Tyler is for whatever reason has ended up covering <laughs> like the most games out of any of us for the last month. And so on, I think it was like Monday or whenever we were looking at the schedule, I texted him, Hey, have you ever been to th- this field that Milliken's going to? And he was like, no. And I was like, it's like one of the most, it, like it should be, there should be a Netflix documentary <laughs> about it or something. It's a total freaking anomaly that this exists. And like you said, I love that it's not a good field. Like it is just like, it's like literally Long Beach has park fields that are nicer than this field. It's just a regular park field, basically, with a couple bleachers. And like Tyler said, it's just a tall pole, (laughs) foul pole. But it is literally like the most beautiful coastline view on the planet. It's the Pacific Ocean off the coast, you know, uh, in Pedro. It's really uh, a unique thing. I'm, I'm glad that you got a chance to go out there. I've never been actually. It just exists as like a mythical thing. And I've seen like a ton of pictures, but we have guys, uh, Coach Yakel at Lakewood coached at Mary Star for a while, you know, so I've been hearing about that field from a bunch of different people, but it's kind of like a white whale. And uh, I'm, I'm glad it's sort of like going to Angel Stadium or some unique experience. I was really happy, Mill- honestly, like I was so happy Milliken got the chance to go out there just for a first round playoff game that they happened to win as well. And my best thing that I've ever seen... <laughs> Ever? <laughs> Ever? That's thing. Actually, no. They, well, this could. If I, if it is what I think it is, it might be in contention. Well, my memory only lasts about <laughs> about five days at this point, so I, it it might be the best thing I've ever seen. I'll do one professional and one personal. Uh, professionally, Mike's just, Mike's just Guy Pierce from Memento at this point, <laughs> forgetting where he is and remembering every five minutes. If he doesn't write it on his body, it's. It's gone. <laughs> That's not inaccurate. <laughs> uh, Tyler and I were at the Moore League track and field finals last Friday, and uh, I saw three things I'd never seen before there that I'll shout out very quickly. 
Jade McDonald from Poly won the triple jump, the long jump, the 100 hurdles, and the 300 hurdles. And I can't remember a time I've seen someone win four individual events at more league finals. So I was totally blown away by that. Camille Lindsay from Poly won the 800, 1600, and 3200. And we're pretty sure, having gone through some record books, that no more league athlete has ever done that at a single league final. She's only a sophomore. So that was really thrilling. And then Nico Kokiko, who's a great distance runner at Wilson and is doing the three-sport thing. He did cross-country, track and field, and basketball, and there's quite a bit of overlap there. He won the 800 and the 1600. And then literally as soon as the 1600's over, I didn't even have time to interview him because I think the race finished at 618. And he started for Wilson in the playoff basketball game that tipped off at 7. Fortunately, at the Wilson gym with league track finals at Wilson, or it just wouldn't have you know, made any sense at all. But um, those kids sum up exactly what we've all been talking about for the last couple of months. Everyone's doing weird stuff this year. And it, it's so impressive to me, the kids that are able to kind of like roll with that and just say, yes, yeah, I'm still going to do it. You know, screw it. I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah, if they if they had run that uh, 1600 15 minutes later, Nico would have had to run it dribbling a basketball, get his layup line in. You know <laughs> And he still might have won it. He looked good. <laughs> All right. My, my, per, my personal one, you guys have heard this story, but I, I have to say uh, I'm happy to report that it's been making its, this story has been making its way around East Long Beach. I've, I've had people come up and talk to us about it. My son, Vincent, is playing single A baseball at El Dorado Park in the Los Altos League at Eldo. They, it, for the first time ever, he's in a real playoffs this week with umpires and we you know when you get walked and the coach doesn't come into pitch, it's just, you take first base, right? Um, he was playing in the first round of the playoffs, which is also the semifinals. Our friend, Jeff Brooklander and Mike Gallo's team was playing Vincent's team. And they were the, they were the best team in the league throughout the regular season. Really, really good. Vincent had played on with those guys. So we all, they all know each other. This game ended up going down to a bases loaded bottom of the extra inning, two outs, two strikes, game winning RBI hit from, you know, a kid on our team uh, with a dog pile afterwards. It's one of the most dramatic baseball things I've ever, like, it is like a parody of what you'd write. Our best kid came up. He went down. Oh, <laughs> two literally down to the last strike. He waited on two bad uh, on two low pitches. He didn't swing at. You know, and then he just Brooklander brought all the kids in on the infield. You know what I mean? It was like super exciting. And then he just got one over those infielders. Uh, and it really was like, I, I'm just so happy for those kids. My son, like all these other kids, basically went a year without really getting to be around other kids. And this baseball team, you know, it started up even before they went back to school. So this was kind of his first re-entry into getting to hang out with people his own age again. And for them to all get that memory together. And then they had practice on Thursday. They went and watched the other semifinal game together after practice. So you now have 15 kids just hanging out, watching baseball together, right? Like this is what spring and summer is supposed to be about. So that was awesome. Uh, and for sure, that's for sure the best thing that I saw this week, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, respect to the track athletes that uh, that one's going to have to take the cake there. For sure. <laughs> you know, summertime feels like summertime, but it tastes like barbecue and there's no better place in long beach to go get some delicious barbecue than down on naples island 
It's Naples Ribco, a longtime supporter and sponsor of everything that we do at the 562. Hey, that that rhymed. So and it rhymes with BBQ too. Oh, look at me go. Anyway, I uh, I've been daydreaming about the hot Louisiana sausage, the brisket, the ribs, chicken, maybe a little mac and cheese. They also have some gluten-free options, which is huge uh, for my uh, eating situation often. So be sure to head down to Naples Rib Co. and get any of the delicious foods that I just mentioned or explore their menu. It really is a great place to go have a meal and they're open for indoor dining. So be sure to take the fam down there, celebrate the start of summer and get some delicious barbecue from our friends at Naples Rib. And hey, be sure to tell them that the 562.org sent you down there. All right, it's time to hear from some of these great athletes in Long Beach. Mike, you already mentioned it. You and Tyler were at the track and field more league finals last Friday, and you got a chance to talk to some of the coaches and athletes out there who, like you said, were doing some historic things. Yeah, caught up with uh, Xavier Hurd from Jordan. Uh, our guy, Big X, was a football player as well. And, you know, he just talked about his family legacy at Jordan and what it meant to him to get to continue that as, uh, as the only league champion from Jordan this year in track. How are you feeling about, you know, coming and representing for Jordan with a, a pair of more league championships? Um, I'm excited. You know, I wish I could have did better in discs, but there's always room for improvement with CIF coming up. So just got to practice hard this week and prepare for this week, next weekend. Um, what, what do you feel you gain as a football player? You obviously already know you're going to, you know, college for football. What do you feel you gain as a football player by kind of continuing to train and compete in this in this sport? even after you already signed the scholarship? Um, just getting better at what, what I can do. This was really just for fun, but, you know, getting better and then making myself more known in different areas, it, it makes me feel good and makes me my family feel good as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I, we, I mean, you know track and field how it is. You, we, it's, you, we're not going to see a lot of other Jordan kids winning championships. How important is it for you to represent the school by coming out and doubling up like this? Um, it, always, it always feels good for me. Um, on my signing day, my pops told everybody why I came here. I came here because I wanted to like leave a good name for for our herds. Because you know my 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 dad, my cousins, my uncles all went here, so I wanted to leave a good mark on Jordan. Congrats again to X. Pretty awesome uh, winning the shot put CIF qualifier and the shot put and discus. Uh, so we'll definitely get a chance to check him out in a couple weeks at CIF finals or next Saturday, I guess. It's now the end of this week. Um, Camille Lindsay, as I mentioned earlier, you know, made history with that three-peat and, uh, we couldn't believe how much energy she still had to talk to us after she was done, uh, winning her 3,200. Several people working on it, but we believe you're the first ever to win the eight, the 16 and the 32, um, knowing the history and tradition in, in this sport in Long Beach, you know, how does that make you feel? I'm extremely proud of myself. Like. I didn't think today that I was going to be doing something that nobody's ever done before. So <laughs> no, I'm very happy with that. Um, when did you decide? I know they kind of entered you in all three events, so you'd sort of have options. But I, was the plan for you to do all three or did you just kind of decided that today? Yeah, no, I was Monday. I was like, mm, I think I'm just going to run the 16 and the 8. And then I kind of talked more with my coaches and we were like, well, running the 32 might be a good idea for CIF. So this morning, I was thinking, oh, maybe I should just run the 16 and the 32. And then I ran the mile. And I was like, hey, I feel pretty good. Maybe I'll run all three. And then I ran all three. <laughs> um, I cannot relate to that personally, but congratulations uh, to you. Um, what, what's your plan for CIF? Have you guys started talking about that? You know, what are you trying to do next week? Um, I 
honestly don't know yet. I know that there's a couple of girls, really fast girls in the state who want to run all three CIF. I don't think that's going to be me. <laughs> I think I'm going to pick one. I know it has to be done before I leave today, so that's something I better think about. But I think I'm going to pick one event to run and then run that and hopefully qualify for CIF finals. Another athlete you mentioned earlier, Jade McDonald, the Iowa signee, uh, she will be really critical to Polly's uh, attempts to win a CIF team championship this year. And it was fun catching up with her about uh, all of the, the history she made as a four-time event winner at league finals. So you competed in four events, you win three of them. Um, what does that mean to you, you know, to, to show out like that in your first more league finals? Uh, I'm really proud of myself. I haven't competed in a while because I had a little issue with my foot, rested for a bit, and then I'm pretty happy with how I competed today. Yeah. <laughs> 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 is that true? That's your first 300 in two years? Yeah, and even I just practiced, my first practice was last week or this week. How do you feel about your chances to go score some points and, and help the team win at CIF? Um, I'm very confident that I'll, I'll be able to score points to help our team possibly win CIF. That's a really big goal of mine. We're also super excited to get the chance to cover a CIF championship boys volleyball match in the LBC. That's going to happen on Saturday the 5th of June as the Wilson Bruins will be hosting a CIF final in their home gym. I caught up with a couple of the Bruin leadership after uh, their semifinal win over Foothill. I spoke with head coach Jeremy Cook about how excited he was and how well his team played. And then I caught up with outside hitter Leo Provednikov, who was one of the leaders for the Bruins as he's been all year. How happy are you, are you to, to get the chance to play for a championship and, and to see your team playing so well at the right time? Uh, super, super excited about it. Um, I thought our guys were awesome tonight and it was really fun to watch. They were playing, um, playing loose and they were having fun. And uh, yeah, we've been, we've been eyeing this CIF championship game since the very beginning. So uh, it's, 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 uh, it's super exciting, you know. Like, yeah. Do you feel this is one of your better matches? I mean, I mean, it's, it's pretty, especially yeah, it's as up it there, went on. It's up there. I think the crowd and the atmosphere kind of helped get them to, like, we have moments like this all the time, but to sustain it for three sets was, was great. Well, and, and I thought your guys' service game, uh, especially starting in set two, I mean, you got so many free balls right. and, and, a, and a ton of aces as well. I haven't yeah. added them all up, yeah. but, I mean, did, did that kind of look like the difference to you? Just uh, yeah, we, we always um, we always we value the first touch, and so um, whether it's the serve or the pass off the serve. Um, and so, yeah, I, I thought we put good pressure on them tonight. I thought the mix of our jump servers and our float servers kind of, kept them off balance the whole night and so yeah I, I definitely think the serve game helped us yeah I, I don't think they had much fun in Long Beach tonight no no I don't <laughs> think so I don't think so first of all congratulations thank you, thank uh, you. I mean this was this was a really fun atmosphere and uh, I mean you guys played super well I mean did you. you feel like this is one of your your best performances oh as a yeah team? for sure um, I think we were all just ready for the home game we had a lot of time to prepare we got here at like three o'clock just bonded ate some food stretched out and that just really made a big difference for us. Well, and you guys haven't been challenged this year up until your last match, right? right? So so going from kind of all sweeps to, hey, we got to fight for our yeah. lives, what, what does it say about this team that you came out and 
not just swept a team in the semifinals. I mean, you really put it on them as the match, especially as the match wore on. Yeah, I mean, seeing like being that close to defeat in the last uh, last week's game, it kind of just showed us that it could be wiped away from us that like that quickly. So, being going into into this game, we just went in strong. We knew that we had to put pressure on from the beginning, and that's what we did. And, and you, I mean, you were super impactful at the, from, the, from the outset, the first couple sets. I mean, you know, how do you, how do you feel like you played and did you, did you have a little extra motivation knowing that you're so close to the end and so close to a championship? Yeah, just knowing we had the home game, knowing we're in the semis. I mean, this is the first time Wilson's even um, had the chance to go into the finals. So, and we just did that. So we knew that going into this, we had to make history and we just succeeded. Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you think has made this team kind of so special, you know, to, to get this far? Obviously, still a ton to play for, but yeah. what, what has been kind of your, your guys' secret to, to have so much success so far this season? Yeah, we've always talked about it. It's just that X factor. It's um, just the cohesiveness that we have. We have all played together for at least three years, four years, even back into club before high school. So we just all have that connection, and we just have that bond that holds us all together, and that's our X factor. I had a ton of fun yesterday uh, in the Lakewood dugout watching them win against Los Osos in the first round of the playoffs, 10 to three. Nice to see the Morley getting some wins in baseball in the playoffs. And uh, there was, there was a lot of great energy for Lakewood, obviously a historic program, but had not won a playoff game in five years, which uh, I, I kind of couldn't believe that honestly, when head coach Spud O'Neill told me that. What, what does that mean to do that with this group of guys, knowing what a weird year it's been? It's, it's it has been a weird year and, and, Right from the get-go, we um, we've had to teach the game of baseball to these guys, and and if you recall the first half of the season, we lost so many one-run games that we were ahead in the fifth, sixth, and seventh inning, so um, we couldn't finish. So that's what we've talked about the last two or three weeks, and of course against uh, uh, Milliken, we couldn't finish. Uh, but this is feathering these kids at. Uh, at I, I feel like every time I mentioned to you, every time I've covered a playoff game you guys have had here, there's been some big inning or some moment where you guys just kind of got on top of somebody and gave it to them. It seems like that. Yeah. 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 What, what, we what, like playing here. Yeah. And, and um, uh, personally, I would have liked to play it at Blair, but I got overread by the coaches and, um, you know, cause we're two and oh at Blair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd love to have that wind you got against yeah. Polly. That no, was, but a, good, I, that was a good wind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what uh, What did you think of that, though, that inning where, you know, it was I think you had 13 batters up, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was just kind that of a was, classic lake You know, it was, it was really a tight ball game until then. And then um, the kids uh, woke up, and, and uh, of course, there was a, a, a couple calls that went our way, which in, in other games in the past this year, uh, the calls went the other way. So, yeah. Uh, very proud of these guys. And closer to the coast, I was also covering a more league baseball team winning. Uh, Miles Patton, a complete game for the Millican Rams. He was, again, terrific with nine strikeouts. And uh, that was his postseason debut after the junior didn't get an opportunity last season with the season cut short. So I talked to Miles about the opportunity to have the ball in a must-win game and how he just kept doing what he's been doing all year. So is that that's that's your first uh, postseason outing, right? Because obviously you didn't yeah. get a chance last year. So, um, you know, what what was the atmosphere like? I mean, knowing that uh, you you know your season's kind of hanging in the balance yeah. with every game now. I mean, what did, what did that feel like to pitch in the postseason and 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 to pitch well? Uh, it was just it was really exciting. Just a great opportunity. You know, I just had to stay focused. I've been preparing for this game just mentally, just for a couple of days, and just because we didn't really know anything about their team, so we didn't know if they're going to come out and just be like 
just a bunch of studs. So we just had to be ready for whatever we're going to face. And I think we really did a great job just executing, just doing everything. Everybody was firing on all cylinders in it. I think everybody just did their job, and that's we got the win. What was, uh, what was working well for you? I know you were pumping a bunch of fastballs by him kind of early in the game before you mixed in the changeup. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what did you what did you have a good feel for today pitch-wise? Uh, definitely the fastball and the curveball. Uh, I would just obviously started them off early with a lot of fastballs because uh, we from scouting report, we've seen that there are a lot of, like, big pull hitters. So we were trying to keep it away, pound the away fastballs. And it was working really good. Then second time up, started throwing the curveball and more off-speed pitches to him. And it was pretty successful, too, just – uh, probably the fastball and the curveball, though, for sure today. Did you, you know, as you kind of go on later in the game, you know, even when you start to get a little little bit of fatigue, obviously your pitch count was kind of down today, but, you know, did you have that feeling when, you know, you guys scored the three runs early, which was nice, but then they were able to chip away a little bit and start to get mm -hmm. some base runners. But, you know, what, what was your confidence level as far as, you know, wanting the ball and, and wanting to kind of preserve that lead in those late innings, especially when they started to get a couple base runners on you? Uh, yeah, I just definitely, I just wanted, I've been waiting for this opportunity since I got to Milliken since, I know uh, we. Uh, this is our first postseason win, I think, in a while. So I'm just wanted to stay focused and not get too excited. Just stay in the moment. Just I was really excited. I just wanted to keep going out there, to keep getting the ball, keep throwing strikes. I know I can beat these hitters, and I just wanted to just keep going, just keep pushing through. Well, and obviously in the postseason, it's kind of all hands on deck. You know, how, do, how are you feeling physically? I mean, you know, maybe a couple innings in the next game. You never really know. I mean, where, where are you at after? It's obviously a complete game, but you were pretty efficient today. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, a little tired, I guess, but I'm not. I'm feeling just pretty pretty regular. I mean, I've gone way more pitches this season on games, so it's nothing new. You know, I was expecting this, and I was ready for it today. Just keeping the arm healthy, just keep doing everything I'm doing, and yeah, that's staying efficient, trying to stay efficient. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it worked today. It helps when you throw strikes. Um, mm -hmm. what, uh, what, what's the story behind the nickname Juice? I know I hear everybody calling you Juice. Is that uh, is there anything funny behind that or uh, anything you can actually share? Or is it kind of... It's not, not really. You know, a couple of years ago, we played on our scene, uh, Solomon and Aiden Majerus. Uh, he was with us last year. And it's kind of, it's actually uh, it's because of my head. I have a pretty large head. So <laughs> they just calling my head a juice box. And then it just kind of caught. It just stuck. I just... Now everybody's that's what everybody says. I just stuck. I don't know how, but it did. That's funny. Well, hey, it's 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 not so bad having a big head. I have a big head too. Speaking of Milliken and this renaissance that's been happening over the last few weeks, I got a chance to cover both boys and girls wrestling at Milliken. Great playoff matches against uh, against some really good competition. Last Saturday they had a little double header, so that was cool. Got to cover both of them and they both won. Marshall Thompson, I mean, what can you say about a guy like that? The way that he's able to build that program, keep it going after years and years and years. You know, the consistency from that coaching staff is so important, really, in any high school sport. you got to have consistent coaches, and Marshall Thompson is that. His son, Trevor Thompson, I have to mention, but according to them, the only four-time league champion in wrestling. No one's ever done that before. And obviously, this year, a lot different. They didn't do the finals, but it was based on your performance against the other guys you know there's only three teams so he t took on two guys beat him he's the league champ four-time league champ and he told his dad coach thompson before his uh, freshman year that he was going to do it so the kid called his shot too which is pretty cool but i actually got to talk to one of the girls sophia miller 126 pounder who's going to go to that unofficial state meet uh in a couple weeks up north and she was really really cool and just talking about how she won and how important it was for them to win, and also how they are dedicating this season to Coach P, Coach Moon, who passed away this last year due to COVID. 
I was talking to Coach about how we had to kind of a couple different strategies going in, you know what I mean? So when you guys knew what he had as strategies, how did you feel going into the match? And then, you know, they took kind of a sizable lead there. How were you feeling? Right. I was I was pretty not – I honestly wasn't nervous. Blake is really good at setting up lineups. Um, but I don't really feel nervous when because I trust him. So if he needs me to go up a wave, if he needs me to go down a wave, I'm going to do it no matter what. And I'll like I wrestled my weight, but if he needed me to go 31s, I was confident doing that match. Right. Yeah. How'd your match go? Oh, it was really good. It was like a minute and 30 seconds, I yeah. think. And it was like um, I did a chicken wing and a bar pin. So yeah, it, and I did a shot that I normally don't do, which is like a crossover single. It was really nice. Awesome. Yeah. Um, is it weird? This year, the season, the changing, every, you know what I mean? How is it weird? How are you guys adjusting? Well, it was weird for me. Just um, You have to stay on weight, you know, for wrestling for so long because usually our season only lasts from November, maybe October to February, late February, and you need to stay on weight, and I usually go 31s, 26s. And that was kind of strenuous on my body to, like, stay in that weight all this time. But I'm really happy that I'm getting some sort of a season, and I'm going to um, state. I was invited to a state tournament, um, which is unofficial, but it's still something for me, you know. And I'm really happy how the season turned out and how connected our team is because I I feel like it made it stronger. Uh, Coach told me about how you guys are kind of dedicating this season to Coach P. Can you talk a little bit about that and what that means to you? Yeah, like um, Coach Moon or Coach P, he – he was always my coach, and, like, losing him was, like, really, really difficult. And I, like, my last match, I, we were at Paramount, and I was, like, really struggling on that match. And I was just, like, thinking of what he would say to me and thinking of what he would tell me. And I was, it just kind of makes me stronger because I know he would just start yelling at me to keep my pressure on her. And it, I just miss him a lot because he was such a great coach. Also, earlier this week, I got the opportunity to cover Long Beach Poly girls basketball in the quarterfinals at Bishop Montgomery. An impressive performance. I got to tell you, uh, Carl Bugs, Lakeisha Bugs, they're, they're Jackrabbits. They get better every time I see them play. And they, they've continued that trajectory. That's nothing new for a, a Bugs coached program. But Polly's into the semifinals after a big win uh, over Bishop Montgomery. And after the game, I talked to Nala Williams and Lily Bugs, who both really upped their scoring and have been carrying the Jackrabbits through this postseason run. Overall, what are, what are your thoughts on, uh, on, how you guys, on how you guys played tonight? I just think we came out with a lot of energy and intensity, how coach told us to. And we were just talking on defense and doing everything we're supposed to do. We went over in practice, yeah. Did you, I mean, you guys, I know you talked a lot about wanting them to kind of, to keep the ball away from their post, you know, because she's like a a good scorer. You know, were you happy with how you were able to kind of limit her paint touches and also how you guys were able to get out and transition and and get some easy buckets? Yeah, we were very happy on how we limited. The help side was there most of the time. We were always communicating. And yeah, they have some quick guards, so we were... We did a good job on going towards the basket and stuff like that. Was it was it hard to play in a game like that? I mean, there were a lot of whistles going both ways. I don't, I don't, I, I don't think it really impacted the game because like there was just whistles all the time. But is is it hard to kind of get a rhythm going offensively when it's kind of start and stop like that, or do you just have to find a way to get through? Yeah, it's a little bit more difficult because you just keep pausing and pausing in basketball, it's just back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit difficult, but we held our own and we did what we were supposed to do. All right, are you just going to score 20 every game or what's the <laughs> I mean, if we need to get that to win, yeah.
Sounds good. Let's do an answer. <laughs> Thanks, Nala. I appreciate all right. it. All right, I'll see you at breakfast. And I'll get a headshot from you in a second. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I'm watching this. Yeah, yeah. Well, she I mean, <laughs> might as well. Um, you came out really early to, to look into score tonight. Was that was that your plan to kind of get out and get on the on the scoreboard, or is that just what what happened in the course of the game? I think it's just kind of what happened. I'm not really the type that wants to always go out and score, but if I see the opportunity, I like to take it because that's what I'm expected to do in these type of situations. And we were talking about in practice how. I was needed to be one of the players that was attacking always in the middle and bringing that intensity constantly. What, what do you think was the key to that? You guys were one point game at the end of one, and then all of a sudden you guys just seen it, it took off there. What, what changed? Well, we just knew what we had to do, but we weren't doing it as well as we should have, so we just had to step up in those areas. We weren't boxing out as well as we should have. We had a lot of second chance shots, and so we just had to limit that. And once we were able to get that under control and get our own game under control, we were able to extend that lead a little more. Did you, did you like the physicality? It seemed like this was kind of like a up-tempo. When, when you guys were able to get some run in, it was back and forth, like, mm -hmm. you know, up-tempo game, kind of physical. Do, do, you, do you like that kind of game? Do you thrive in that? Yeah, I'm, um, I really like the intensity because that's the type of player that I am. I always like to keep going, always a uh, fast-paced game. And we knew there were a team that would like to run when they got the opportunity, so we just had to make sure we matched that on our end too. That wraps up another jam-packed episode of What Up Long Beach, bringing you updates on everything that's going on in sports in the LBC. We're almost to the finish line. Summer's almost here. But, guys, I think we are we need to pick up a couple more championships before we head out the door, and we're going to try to do that starting this weekend. Be sure to tune in next week. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. And before we get out of here, we got to thank all of our sponsors once again, including our friends over at Ocean Law Center. Visit OceanLawCenter.com for a list of services they provide. Thanks so much, everyone, for your support. We appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you next week.